0: The Welcome to episode the four of Yub-nub. Yubcast. My name is Matt, and I'm a crazy old man.
1: And I'm Jamie, and I'll see you in hell.
0: Damn it, that's a good one. I almost did that one.
1: I had a di- I had a different one, but I, I <laughs> blanked on it the second you started talking.
0: I I have three loaded for every time in case you use it.
1: <laughs> that's probably a good idea.
0: Well, did you do anything Star Warsy this week?
1: Watched Rebels with the boy and the girl indoctrinating her I finished Twilight Company
0: you finished it yep Jesus you plow through those books
1: yeah I've got a long commute and uh, I've got to walk the dogs in the morning and the and uh, when I get home you know I just you know and once I get into something I just I can't I can't put it down I, I just love I love the way all the books are produced it's just like listening to like a movie I guess because they they have sound effects and music that just makes it very much Star Warsy. I, w- I always love starting a new book. The way that they start the books was they like they'll play the Star Wars theme and be like Penguin Random Audio House presents you know a Star Wars novel and it yeah. just you know I just kind of get that I just get the goosebumps like whoo Star
0: Wars. Yeah, I've been I I probably wouldn't have an Audible account if it weren't for all the Star Wars books at this point. I love the production value, and I love that I can just click on one and start it again. That was the first Twilight novel, right? You you did them out of order. The Twilight novel
1: you finished? <laughs> wait wait a sec, what?
0: You did the... You listened to the first Twilight novel, right?
1: Yeah, the Stephanie Meyer book.
0: Right, but the second Twilight... No, it's not called Twilight.
1: <laughs> what am I doing? Twilight Company? Twilight Company. Damn
0: it. <laughs> Ugh. Apparently, I'm still tired.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I was. I was wondering if, if Afterma- there's was...
0: not aftermath, uh, Battlefront,
1: Battlefront uh, Inferno, Scott. Right,
0: you're listening to Battlefront. Yes, we're listening to
1: yes. Okay, dear listener, all two of you, mom and dad. I was listening to Battlefront: Twilight Company, uh, and I had recently listened to its sequel. Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. So I listened to them out of order, but it didn't matter. Yes. I enjoyed it.
0: Yes, my mistake. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> yes, Inferno Squadron versus Twilight Company. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the books on another. Let's talk about those two books in the video game tie in after you get the video game and, and uh, can tell us whether or not Aiden Versio's story is carried forward in the video game and cutscenes and in the plot of the um, standalone game.
1: Okay, yeah, supposedly it is. So, I mean, there's a cutscene with her and pulling a blaster on, uh, on Luke. So, I'm, um I'm excited, but it's also a lot of money, so I'm like, oh, I don't know.
0: I don't have a gaming system, so it's even more money for me, okay. so it's less likely I'm gonna buy it.
1: <laughs> I'll just, just say you're buying a, a Lego game for the boys, and then <laughs> it only comes on Xbox One. And then, oh, oh, we're raking in all this podcast money. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Insert ad here.
0: Yeah. Maybe if Plated wants to give us an an ad by, can buy me next box. Yeah. Well, I haven't had very much Star Wars activity this week. I sent you the text when I bought that uh, old Star Wars comic from the dollar box at the comic book shop. The, uh, the third issue of the original Empire Strikes Back, um, adaptation in Marvel mm-hmm. just in a dollar bin. And I don't turn that stuff down. So I just picked it up. And then I started reading or listening to the audiobook of, uh, from a certain point of view, which I, I worried about it because it's the type of book I love or the type of book I hate, depending on how it's done. It's a bunch of short stories written by 40 different authors, all compiled into this collection. And it's so far, I don't know if it gets outside of A New Hope, but so far it's just A New Hope going roughly scene by scene, told from the point of view of a the most minor character in that scene. And so there's like a Jawa whose job it is to clean up droids as they pull up to the liar's homestead, and the whole thing is told from his point of view. R5D4, the bad motivator droid, (laughs) you're told why he blows up, it's roughly suicide spoiler alert <laughs> the stormtrooper who says there's one set the stun and shoots leia on the Tanty four he has a short story the trash monster the dianoga there's something alive in here <laughs> has a short story told from her point of view oh it's um, female you no know, maybe <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's told from its point of view and i i was worried because it's everything i might hate but i was incorrect it's the type of thing i love i'm thoroughly enjoying exploring tuscan raider culture and how crappy of an assignment being a stand trooper was and a speeder dealer on a tattooing uh, i'm not very far into it but i don't i can't consume the books as quickly as you but it's enjoyable so far i'll talk about it more when i'm when i'm done with it or when do you read it or get to it yeah. um other than that i downloaded the episode of rebels the first the first two episodes were season four and have not watched them because i was busy watching a different star wars cartoon that i foolishly made a show about <laughs> so i didn't get a chance yet i'll watch it tomorrow
1: Right you on. Know, yeah, I, oh, I also, I frequent our, uh, library system a lot and I've got a lot of, uh, Star Wars books on hold. I just haven't made it to the library yet. Like, uh, a lot of the young adult ones that were, that came out before uh, The Force Awakens. Remember the names? I think like Before the Awakening and Moving Target. Is that the one that has, um Princess Leia and, uh, Vietnam on the cover?
0: Yeah, I, I didn't, I haven't read those yet. Um, there's like Smugglers Run, Moving Target. I'll get to them because they're new canon and I want to consume them. I was a little dejected by the Alien collection of short stories. There was like a short group of short stories that came out around the time of The Force Awakens that had Unkar Plot and the Crimson Corsair, which is the guy that Finn tries to, to get a on his ship, yeah. catch a ride with. Yeah, catch ride with off of uh, Takadana. And those, the Crimson Corsair was an okay story. Um, it had the unfortunate title of the Crimson Corsair and Count Dooku's Gold or something, and it was like City Slickers 2 and The Curse (laughs) of Curly's Gold or whatever that was, whatever that movie was called. It reminded me too much of that. But, uh, it was a decent story about, like, a lost treasure. But Unkar Plot's story was beyond stupid, and I was so pissed off by the time I finished reading it that I almost threw the book away. These aren't audiobooks, these are physical books. But it was like he started a internet dating service to find a mate and then realized after he did it that there are no females of his species.
1: <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh. oh, oh, brother.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh. Not a good, not a good endorsement for the brand new canon at the time, brand new canon that was coming out. It'd be like, here's a short story. It's supposed to be like Tales from the Cantina, which was, I always considered to be a relatively impenetrable book because I didn't want to hear about Vigrin dance and the modal nodes and musical instruments and where they found them and how they learned (laughs) how to play them. It was such an impenetrable pile of words, but like, at least you had some good stories in there. And I was sort of hoping that that's what they are doing again, but it just didn't rise to the occasion. It's gotten much better since, but those short stories were a little rough.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let think if we could talk about some of the new uh, Star Wars news. The first big one being the Thrawn sequel. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, the the Thrawn novel sequel. What was it called again? Alliances. Okay. Yeah, the new Thrawn novel, Thrawn Alliances. So the only thing I have to go on is Thrawn as a character in Rebels, and Thrawn as a character in the first novel, which I'm pretty sure was just called Thrawn. Mm -hmm. I was really happy, and once again, I texted you when this happened, I think, when I found out that Timothy Zahn was writing Thrawn, the novel. And then, I know we sort of dumped on the EU early on in this podcast, but I enjoyed... The Heir to the Empire trilogy as a kid. I mean, it was the only thing we had back then. And some, Th- And I actually read some of the Thrawn short stories later as they popped up in various Star Wars media. And if you are well versed in Thrawn, like the EU Thrawn, that kind of stuff, there's obvious the Thrawn novel copies it a lot. In um, very subtle and sort of esoteric ways, like they found Thrawn on a planet and he was like pelting the stormtroopers with berries, and the berries were attracting vermin, right? Yeah, I don't I don't remember.
1: I don't remember the oh, the original one. It was so long ago.
0: No, this is the new one where he where they reveal Thrawn's origin story was that he was supposedly marooned on the planet and there was a imperial garrison there, and he was flicking berries on them and. It causing mayhem and then stowed away on a ship during the distraction. And
1: that shows my reading comprehension.
0: Well, anyway, that, that plot is stolen from a – not stolen, but it's taken from a Thrawn short story from the EU when he gets exiled after everything happens or one of those stories where he's off by himself. He's much more of a Napoleonic character in the old Timothy Zahn books – and I wouldn't call him like a Napoleon now. Anyway, this is all just to say that, yes, I'm on board with another Thrawn novel. I'm curious if they're going to make it a trilogy now, though, because they had a trilogy of novels before, and they announced the second novel now. There's no word, as far as I can tell, of a third novel in the works as well, or if there's going to be a tie-in, to, or there's going to be a cliffhanger or an obvious continuation into another work. But might as well. They have a character everybody loves.
1: so. I'm thrilled about it because I always love uh a good Star Wars book and I did enjoy the uh the Thrawn book. Uh I was slightly hoping a lot of the um the stuff that happens in in between uh the original trilogies would just be kind of be uh wrapped up a little bit and they'd move on. What do you mean? So just like okay, we know you know, we know what happens at Jedi and Dramath kind of talks about like almost right afterwards. Uh same with Shattered Empire and a Thrawn sequel hints at that, uh, you know, uh, this last season of Revels doesn't really tie up Thrawn's story. I'm, I guess, slightly bummed by that, because I just, I'm so excited for, like, new material that's in bet- you know, that happens in between, uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. But, uh, I'm not gonna turn it down, because it could very well span through you know decades because you know the first order is essentially hiding out in wild space you know or or they they could actually be you know chiss space for all we know
0: Mm -hmm. so have you heard anything about the plot
1: of this book
0: because i i don't know when it takes place at all
1: no no idea
0: okay but you're assuming that it takes place after return of the jedi
1: yeah and something about um i think darth vader will be in it
0: Darth Vader would be dead by that point, though.
1: Yeah, so it can't be
0: right because the the only thing we know about the plot in the novel is that Thrawn interacts with Darth Vader, and right. so it must be. Could it be in between Empire and Jedi? There's nothing. There's almost nothing in the new canon in between those times, and all that means is that Thrawn survives until the end of Empire, basically four years longer than he's lived so far.
1: Hmm. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting nonetheless. I, I'm. I would hope that um, I, I'm very. In, I'd be very interested to learn more about the Wild Space um, and the Chiss Ascendancy and like what yes. happened to his uh, his friend Eli.
0: Yes, they have to wrap that up somehow. In my opinion, they've dangled too much out there, and they sent Eli like the the end of the Thrawn novel. Spoiler alert: Eli jumps into. The unknown regions and is met by a Chiss fleet and he basically announces himself as the ambassador sent by Thrawn, right? And so mm-hmm. he ends up presumably joining the Chiss ascend- ascendancy. Um, as some kind of like human representative slash empire representative or like a forward man for Thrawn, right? And so they can't leave that hanging. Right. There's apparently a, a warlike, heavily armed civilization just out of reach of the empire mm-hmm. that now has an empire officer, an imperial officer working for them or working with them. Please don't leave that hanging. Don't be stupid. Not if you're going to keep writing Thrawn novels.
1: Right and they um or i say they uh Zahn hinted at in the book that there is something else out there mm-hmm. whether it you know some sort of enemy that they're fighting so whether it's i uh, they're going to bring back the vong or something similar to it you know a a star wars kind of borg enemy something that just completely you know just changes the way you know we th- see we see uh like star wars cuz you know star trek it was always just You know, humanoid aliens that are out to destroy them, but the Borg was just a completely different kind of enemy. So that would be interesting, because I don't know how long they're going to keep up the light side, dark side uh, aspect. Of it. Well, I
0: mean there's two different plots, right? The as far as we know, Thrawn doesn't know anything of the force. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he doesn't really view or interact with the universe in those terms. He's just an opportunist, right, who is in the Imperial Navy because it makes sense to his goals, not because he's a true believer or a dark side worshiper or whatever. Right. He's just doing it because he thinks it can help him.
1: Right. And that's that's what I found um interesting. You know, I saw the the last season of Rebels before I read this new Thrawn book and um, not not the new one but the one that came out in the series it makes him seem like a pretty awful uh, guy and he's just more like kind of like a robot almost he's just he's just doing his job And his job is basically to ally the Chiss ascendancy with the Empire. At least that was my interpretation.
0: Well, um, maybe. Uh, There's a line in the book where he was talking about why, uh, basically, how to outrun a predator. And he says you don't have to outrun it. You just have to outrun the other prey. And I was curious if that meant that the Chiss were in a battle and with some force that they didn't know if they could defeat it. And Thrawn's real mission was basically to... Infiltrate and um, understand the empire to see if they could either join the fight or be bait or a weaker prey for the predator that's after the Chiss. So I'm not sure that I'm not sure we know his motivation exactly, but. Hopefully that'll come up in a book. Right, like alliances.
1: Right, but like as you said, he's not a true believer. He's just doing it for r- unknown reasons, whether it's to help himself or help the Chiss ascendancy. And some.
0: I don't want to get too much into it, but the portrayal of um, Thrawn in the novel was very Sherlock Holmesy.
1: Yeah, I because and of that.
0: Eli was his Watson, sort of. And he was more of like a like Sherlock Holmes is a sociopath who just sees patterns everywhere and that's definitely how they portrayed him in the book. Sorry, you were saying something?
1: No, I, I agree and the one thing I'm not looking forward to is of course I'll, I'll do the audiobook how Thrawn was voiced in the audiobook. He just Perhaps. got to be he nods with understanding.
2: Perhaps.
1: Uh, he just, it just—it just sounds like oh. he's just got a st- stuffy nose. <laughs> <laughs> it got—it uh, it, got—it got on my nerves a little bit. i will i will will say that. But I still enjoyed I'm, it.
0: I'm curious since that's not his character really in. I mean, it's a little bit his character in Rebels. But he's more of like a tactician rather than a Sherlock Holmes. Right. Although I guess he does gather like art and their artifacts and and things, but. I don't know. We can talk about Thrawn more on another date. I really wanna, Thrawn's getting his own, he's getting his own comic book miniseries as well, like a five, five issue run like the others, but I don't know anything about it yet. The editor of the comic, I chat with her online sometimes and she said that it's going to partially be an adaptation of the book Thrawn, but not entirely. So maybe the first issue will be a portion of the book and then they'll spin off to a side story that wasn't covered in the book or who knows
1: yeah I can go for that
0: yeah more information is always the best you know Mm -hmm. and something that ties it in to Rebels honestly let's get something that shows that it's the same character I mean obviously it's the same character but something that shows that it's all happening in the same universe like talk about Hera or you know this is your job for a year to track these people down you know mention them if it makes sense in the timeline
1: yeah I agree Alright, so let's go on to the next topic, and that would be, uh, today they released the name of the Han Solo movie, and it is called Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, yeah. I've, I've not been a fan of this movie ever since they announced it. Of course, I'll be there opening night because I'm, I'm hopelessly addicted, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not super, um, I'm not super thrilled. I'm not, um, I don't have that kind of like tingle the, the back of your neck where all the hairs stand up and, you know, you see something really awesome happen. Like the first time you saw Darth Maul in a, in a trailer,
2: this is more, yeah. more like,
1: um, all right, it's cool. All right. Star Wars. Cool.
0: The problem as I see it is one, you have a high probability of ruining Han Solo story. And two, this movie comes out in seven months, and we learned the title of it today. And the title—I'm trying not to be internet trolly about this. That title sucks.
1: Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not very uh, creative, though. I don't know what else. I mean, I thought that it would be like Smuggler's Run or something. You know, Kessel uh, Kessel Run, a Star Wars story.
0: I mean, it makes me curious if they re- if they're revealing the style. Like if they're revealing stylistically what they're going to do. Rogue One. I mean Rogue One is stylistically a Star Wars thing you'd say, right? Mm-hmm. They say Rogue One in the movie. It 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 actually reveals something about the characters and the plot and, and things and when they give themselves the call sign Rogue One, right, they're they're doing it because they're stealing the ship, right? Right. Rogue is, is a vagabond, right? It's a outsider. And so they're outside the rebellion at that point. Um, and outside the Empire. So Solo... I mean, the placeholder name for the movie was Red Cup, right? Yep. Because Red Solo Cup.
1: I fill you up. Let's have a party. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you, but, do, you do know that song, right? Yes. Okay.
0: I'm curious if they do make a Kenobi movie, which is rumored if it's just going to be called Kenobi, or Obi-Wan, or Ben.
1: Crazy That old wizard, wizard is a
0: crazy old man. Yeah. So when I looked up today's insult... Um, I wanted to get the line right because I thought it was crazy old wizard. It said that the line is that wizard's a crazy old man. So
1: I'm going to rack, be racking my brain trying to figure out what it is that I that I'd come up with for today because it was awesome. I should have written it down.
0: <laughs> well, when you think about it, in the middle of the night, and you bother Alyssa, just roll over and write it down in your nightstand. Sleep with a pen next to you because you're we're gonna do another one of these on Monday. Okay. So, I'm not a, I'm not gonna be an internet jerk. I'm gonna try hard not to be, but I don't, I was hoping that the title would reveal something or give me an idea about what this movie was going to be or be worth the article I read over it. I read some Vanity Fair article or Entertainment Weekly article that was a thousand words long or two thousand words long and it had to be one word long. So, go fuck yourself, I guess. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Do you want to move on to the cartoon?
1: Yeah, all right. So now's the time in the show where we actually talk about what the show is actually about, which is us going through, systematically, all the Star Wars cartoons. And right now, we're still in the 1980s with the animated series Droids. And right now, we are on to Episode 3, Trigon Unleashed. Basic plot is their droids are still with uh, the two racers, Thal and Jord, and uh, their friend Kia. And they have stolen the Trigon, which is a satellite built by the Satellite Slash Spaceship, I should say, built by the Fromm gang to an attempt to annihilate all the other gangs. The uh, show starts off with... Thal and R2-D2 are going to the Trigon 1, which for some reason has not been destroyed, which is what you were led to believe in the last episode. But that's neither here nor there. Kia and C-3PO are at the uh, garage and they're ambushed by some of the uh, the Fromm gang. Now, Thal, come, Thal and uh, R2-D2 comes back. They rescue Kia and C-3PO, but uh, they're all uh, funneled into a trap by uh, Tig Fromm. And you then find out that uh, Jordan and Kia's mom have been captured and in exchange for their release, uh, Thal and Kia would give them the Trigon one. But uh Thal talks uh gets Tig to take him to his father, sighs from mm-hmm. to uh, to discuss the terms, and he easily gives up the location of the Trigon, and then they're all locked up. While Tig goes and gets the uh, Trigon, and they they eventually escape, and they find out that they're going to be destroyed soon. So Thal and Kia go look for her mother, who is not in the area that they were being kept. While Jordan the droids steal a ship. After they steal the ship, the droids go and help Thal Kia. Thal and Kia find the mom. They evacuate the Fromm base because turns out Thal sabotaged the Trigon 1 and it's on a collision course for the From base. They get the stolen ship working by using parts of C-3PO and smash cut to them, flying, and then joke freeze frame and that's the end of the story now i have to say when you first brought this idea to me i thought it would be no problem but now the more i get into these episodes the more i realize you must hate me
0: this one was rough thank you for doing the plot summary i i wrote my own plot summary just because i i hated watching the show this episode particularly And it was like, I have to write down everything because I'm not paying attention while this is happening. So there's, you skipped over a lot of the quote unquote action in your summary. Um, (laughs) We had a very exciting feeder chase that made no sense, had no stakes. And no matter what happened, it just, it always ended in a trap. And then even the trap was a trap for a trap.
1: Yeah, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But None of it
0: made any sense. None of it made any sense. It it was like, oh, we pulled into a dead end. No, there's a door that's closing quickly. We'll drive through the door. Oh, that was the trap, not the first trap, not the trap that they called the trap. (laughs) It's this trap. And I keep saying the word trap because they kept saying the word trap over and Mm -hmm. over and over again. Um, Yeah, this is... This is my least favorite of the cartoons so far, cartoon episode so far, and I'm counting the holiday special. I really dislike this one a lot.
1: I noticed a lot of animation errors. We had talked about it, um, I think, in the first episode that like cartoons of this era, there was just a lot of sloppy animation and coloring. A lot of times I can forgive some of that stuff and I won't notice it, but in the second viewing of this, I noticed almost everything, and it just, drove me up the wall.
0: Yeah, there was wardrobe problems, coloring problems, just continuity problems with like people's hair, how the hair was styled and the length. It was a lot of garbage. It was difficult to watch. The plot was hard to follow. It was this cartoon is doing something interesting, it, especially for a Saturday morning cartoon geared toward small children in the 80s. They're playing with some pretty difficult continuity. Plot-wise. For example, I did not remember that Jord and Kia's mother were left behind on Anu while Kia and Thal went back to Ingo. I didn't remember that. But this, but that is a fact, a material fact in the plot of this episode because those are the characters that get kidnapped and then held for ransom by the gang and they're kept separate and they don't know that the kid, they don't know that Jord and Kia's mom have been kidnapped because Thal and Kia are on a different planet. And so that's, that's pretty ambitious. For a cartoon in the 80s to have a complicated, quote-unquote complicated plot, or at least a plot where you have to keep track of things going from week to week. But none of the action makes any sense.
1: I, I don't know what to say. I Like you, it was just more of just like, uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 just bungling along. And it's just basically just slapstick for the kids, you know, h- harmless action where nobody really gets hurt.
0: Harmless action that doesn't make any sense from like a plot point of view. I mean, we're back to, we've already seen this episode in a lot of ways. And since we watched the holiday special, we've already seen them like hack into a FaceTime conversation accidentally in between Boba Fett and... Darth Vader. And this time they actually ha- hack into Tig Prom and Size Prom's conversation. And it was because C-3PO was trying to steal cable, right? That was the explanation where he was trying to boost the signal so they could get some subspace, whatever. He was stealing cable. Yeah. So they could, they could watch like like Skinamax or something. Uh,
1: it, was, it was the R2-D2 cartoon where R2-D2 is wearing a cowboy hat.
0: So... This is my favorite part of the episode. Thank you for bringing it up because I was going to have to try to shoehorn it in later. But you did it for me. You opened the door. I love this play within a play, this cartoon within a cartoon. It's so Shakespearean. It's beautiful. Um, the I looked it up. I scoured the Internet trying to find anything I can on it. The only thing I could find is a Wikipedia article called R2's Favorite Program. And it is a two-sentence explanation of the cartoon within a cartoon that apparently R2 loves. And it's two R2 units, um, one dressed up like a cowboy and one wearing a gangster derby style hat from the <laughs> 20s, throwing rocks at each other behind two boulders. And then later when Vlix is supposed to show Thal and Kia the video of their, of the hostages to motivate them to talk, it cuts over to Vlix and he's watching the show on the monitor. And that time, uh, the R2 unit is wearing a Sioux style, um, feather headdress and running around in circles. Um, I loved it it's the best thing in the episode I would watch, I would happily watch 30 minutes or 21 minutes of our two units um, in Halloween costumes running around throwing shit at each other then watch this piece of garbage one more time and I guess I should just apologize to you for convincing you to do this with me um, <laughs> because this is a steaming pile of Bantha Poodoo
1: there, I mean, there, there was, there was some interesting things. They rarely show zero gravity. It's um, in my notes. In Star Wars. And they do that and somehow C3PO gets his arms stuck in position like he's a referee who just is saying that, uh, team scored a touchdown. And then they're in an Imperial shuttle. Except it's not an Imperial shuttle, it's a different color, and it's run by the gangsters.
0: So that shuttle was in a previous episode. We didn't mention it, but that is, that is Blix's ship, and it, it must just be a shuttle, um, a Lambda class shuttle that they've stolen, or bought on the surplus market or something. But it's definitely a Lam- Lambda class shuttle. It's like everything, everything about it screams Lambda class. Except I don't think the wings folded up when they landed. I think it landed in a strange way.
1: Um, yeah, I don't remember that at all. I might have been like barfing into the wastebasket next to my desk. You
0: were cruising you're cruising Pornhub hoping that the damn thing was over soon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. A couple more things is that uh at one point, like in the beginning of the episode, Kia and C three PO are actually hiding behind a speeder that looks a lot like the same design as Luke's from the original movie. Oh yeah? Yeah, I mean it's it's reaching but like the engine pods, I don't know what you would really call them, are... Uh, the same design as Luke's.
0: Yeah, I'm scrubbing. That is... Yeah, that is very close. Well, at least they're reusing some design.
1: And the uh, the guard droids that that Kia and Thal come across are using probe droid sound effects from Empire Strikes Back. So they're just recycling. Yeah, they're just recycling sound effects at this point. Or maybe they... I shouldn't say at this point. They are doing it for this series. But out of everything, the thing that got me is there seems to be a (laughs) lot of I don't want to say misogyny towards yes. Kia but she's written as a dope and like oh I'm just a girl I, I don't know how to do such things like the the first episode she seemed like maybe a bit of a badass but the more we go the more she's just like let's make some cookies for the boys you know like C-3PO what should we do why are you asking C-3PO you know he's worthless and the uh, male characters are always kind of talking down to her.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with this. It's There's two things in my notes in very big letters. It's zero gravity is smart for a cartoon in space because I'm sure it's more expensive to animate zero gravity, but it's probably way cheaper than actually trying to simulate zero gravity with live actors. And I love that that was like an element. And two, why is everyone being such a dickhead to Kia? She's being treated exactly like you said, like she's an idiot. It's like what happened? She was like a she's like a rebel... Commando with like a sniper rifle two episodes ago, and now she's like, uh, like, try not to burn the roast, honey.
1: Yeah, quiet men are talking.
0: <laughs> please, please ask this effeminate robot for permission to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Save me, C. <C-3po. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
1: doesn't
0: make any sense.
1: I, I didn't fully catch it. Till uh, I I watched it a second time and I was writing down my notes and thinking, didn't they say that they were gonna destroy it at the end of the previous episode? So I watched the last end of the last bit of the uh the episode. Now we can use a trigon against the other gangs. Uh-uh, it's too dangerous for either side to have, Kia. We have to finish what we started. We've got to destroy it. You're right, Saul. Size's gangs finished. That's what we wanted. That is kind of insulting
0: yeah where she wants to she wants to keep it and then Thal who as far as we know is some grease monkey from the most white trash planet in the galaxy who just happened to be he's only important because he accidentally saw something right he's like the Amish kid and witness right (laughs) like but the Amish kid and witness didn't go into the court lecturing everybody about how to do their fucking job at the end of the movie you know it's just like like we have to we have to protect this Rube because he stumbled upon some military secret, and then the Rube ends up like running the show because he's got the coolest haircut or something because he's the he's the most privileged person in the room
1: right that's um I guess we'll next week we'll see if they uh follow this uh tradition. I'd actually be interested in seeing if more cartoons you know of this era are like that, but that would mean I would have to watch those cartoons, and i just i don't I don't have it in me
0: well we've got a lot to we've got a lot to get through, yeah, and I'd like to remind you that we only have we've already done three of these, and soon we're going to start watching the fourth one, which I've already watched, and it's better um, it's not good, but it's better than this one. I think this is so far this is the low point. I actually like the next arc a lot um the next episode sort of closes up the story on Fallen and Jord and we move on to a little bit more of a Star Warsy story with some like a bigger plot there's some slapsticky stuff it's a pretty big plot that we're dealing with in the next arc and then the arc after that is arguably good the Rune arc so i think this is sort of our low point as far as production and plot i don't know about the treatment of women moving forward though that really bothered me a lot and maybe it's just because i'm politically sensitive to it at this point in the real timeline about how how women are being treated in our own time
1: for those listening the harvey weinstein that's how you say his name thing has blown up
0: yeah it's it's that it's the women's march it's a lot of stuff that's happened in the past year it's just a crazy time right now and and I don't know if that sensitized me to it, but it was, I'm very glad you brought it up because I had it in my notes of like, like, why is everyone being a jerk to Kia? She's the only competent one of the bunch. And that seems, that's how they portrayed the male characters in the first episode. It was like, they're basically two bumbling idiots who just want to get to the races. And now Thal's like taking command. It doesn't make any sense. He's a teenager as far as we know, right? He's just some young, dumb, full of cum guy, you know? I was so bored, with the show, I wrote I wrote a really long summary about R2-D2's favorite cartoon and what I'd like it to be, and I wrote a thing about Tig from character design because I'm sick of watching him wear his underwear on the outside of his pants. He's not the human fly, and that's our Simpsons reference for this one. Hello? Human fly here. Come on! I stayed up all night, died in my underwear. <laughs> he just looks stupid. I want to see something about that Lambda Glass shuttle.
1: You know, there's a running theme through this one, how C-3PO kept on complaining about R2's plans. I didn't understand uh, why they had him complaining about R2's plans, because R2's plans always work, and C-3PO, your plans always suck. So I don't know why it was just like a joke that just never landed. That just was just all throughout the episode.
0: Yeah, it's a strange... It's almost C-3PO's shtick in this series is that he is projecting all of his own insecurities onto R2 constantly, like calling him clumsy or slow or a bad planner. And R2 is, once again, the hero, usually. Like, okay, so my other note was the prison guard that they lure into the jail cell by promising him jewels. The character design on him makes him look like a Christmas elf. (laughs) <laughs> like an evil Christmas elf, and then R two like covers him in glue or something.
1: They never never explain what that was. All of a sudden, just some, like um, some orange jizz, just all over the guard, and he's down.
0: Yeah, and he, and they're like freeing themselves, and he's just sitting on the floor as like a cloud, like like he can't get out of it or something. But his eyes are open. It makes no sense. It's not explained. Once again, the the Felix the Cat aspect of R two D two is extended even greater. Now he's got this immobilizing orange goo he can spray on people at any time. And I don't know. I, Like I said, there's nothing in this episode I liked. I had a hard time watching it, and I have to because I convinced you that this will be fun. Um, That's all I had to say about the cartoon. How about you?
1: Yeah, I don't have anything more to say other than just we're done, and there's one less one we have to watch and moves us a little bit closer to the Clone Wars.
0: Not my favorite, but yeah, we're, we don't ever have to revisit it.
1: Yes. We're doing you a service, dear viewer. Yes. Dear viewer. <laughs> uh, subscriber. Listener. Listener. Whatever. Person who's just super bored.
0: So one thing that I wanted to discuss called Me Comic and the story behind these are sort of fascinating. they were commissioned by Lucasfilm to be stories that were closer to the Plots of the cartoons than the other comics were. The other comics follow completely new arcs with new characters that never appear in the cartoons. But these comics that I sent you, they're short. They don't have a lot of plot, but they have the characters that we're talking about. Like there's several with Jordan Thal. Almost all of them have the From game in from Ging in them. But the, the interesting thing about these comics isn't isn't necessarily their content, it's their story. And the story is that everybody forgot about them, that these were produced for a Spanish magazine in the 80s that was only distributed in Spain. The comics that I sent you were in English, but um, if you actually clicked around on that website, the Spanish translations were there. But in reality, these are English translations of those. And a comic book artist went back in and re-lettered everything, in english after translating them and then released them on his website and there was a write-up on starwars.com about the forgotten spanish comics and how this guy found them he has this pretty long story article that he wrote about how he found them how some spanish collector some spanish lucasfilm collector contacted him in the 2000s and said that he has copies of the droid comics and the guy was 100% sure that he was talking about the eight issues that I mentioned earlier, but then the guy took a digital photo of one of the pages and sent it to him and the guy immediately realized that it was a brand new comic that he had never heard of and asked him to send him scans, like high resolution scans, and then that's how this all got started. And so these things were made in the 80s and forgot about for 20 years and then resurfaced. So there's only, yeah, so there's only seven for the droids and then there was another pack for the Ewoks. And I'm not going to talk about the Ewoks one, but like I said, most of them have the um, From game From Gang in them, including TIG and Size, and then several of them have Jord and Thal. I sent these to you. Did you have a chance to read them?
1: Uh, I I didn't. I apologize. I didn't realize we were going to be talking about it today. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. It's my fault for not uh, being, paying more attention.
0: No, that's okay. There's not a whole lot to read in them. There's the stories aren't really connected. They're they're random. There's a few with Kia, a few with Size From, and a two with Jordan Thal. And they're the first one is called Neutralizing Trigon One, and they're basically trying to destroy the Trigon, um, and they somehow get on board and erase its memory, and that is adequate for them for the time. But once again. The plots don't make sense, and the character designs are completely different. The the aliens are blue skinned instead of green skinned. Kia is like a redhead. She still has the same hair style, but not a two tone hair, and so she still has that sort of reverse mohawk, I guess.
1: Right, and she's just more uh a little bit more girly.
0: Yeah, you can you can see her cleavage. You know, I guess is the best way to put that. <laughs> Anyway, I don't I don't necessarily want to want to dig through the plots of these. Um I just wanted to basically state that they were they exist. And if you want to do a thorough job, these are free and available online and they only take a few minutes to read. And it's an interesting story about, I guess how poor Lucasfilm was about archiving their own stuff. I mean, maybe these are in Lucasfilm archives someplace and people just haven't found them. But if not for a collector, these would have been lost to the public forever. So in the future, I will, I want to go over the eight star Wars droids comics that were produced, but they're not necessarily related to any episodes. Maybe I'll just do that in a separate section on one of the upcoming episodes and go through them. And um, I'm going to set up a website for the pod. And on the website, I will put a link to the artist page that translated and re-lettered all of these comics so people can go back and look at them. I realize this is pretty far outside of most people's fandom of Star Wars 2 Trek to bother to read the long-lost Spanish-produced <laughs> droids comics that are short. And I was actually explaining this to a coworker of mine the other day about how I went out and got all of the comics that were associated with the droids cartoon, including in the back of an Applejack's box from the early 90s that has a tie-in to these comics or these cartoons. Um, And he thoroughly made fun of me for that. Rightfully so. You shouldn't be on eBay looking for an Applejack's box from the 90s. <laughs> so I am a sad, sad man.
1: Well, we all have our
0: things. <laughs> I'm trying to establish my character on the podcast as the guy that goes the extra mile to get that tiny, tiny little piece of Star Wars media.
1: No, I get it, and I'm solidifying mine as the uninformed boob like <laughs> oh that's really interesting i sounding like sounding like my dad when i'm when i was on the phone with him and he'd just be like uh-huh yeah and then he immediately start talking about what he wants to talk about
0: well speaking of dads what did you think of uh size from and tig from relationship
1: i don't get it like he did he hates <laughs> they this i guess this is typical for uh this, a cartoon of this era and just this, uh, you know, kids cartoons, you know, he hates him. Then all of a sudden he does one good thing, which is barely a good thing. And All of a sudden he loves him and he thinks he's the the greatest son in the world.
0: So we came up in the same generation and we're roughly the age that these cartoons were targeted at. We are a generation of latchkey fatherless children, right? Right. So is this really, was this really how fathers were portrayed in these cartoons? It's like these, like, withholding quasi abusive megalomaniacs. He, he calls, he says, he says to Thal, um, you take me for a fool. You're not talking to my son. Like basically says in front of their, their adversary, like, like, yeah, my kid's an idiot, but I'm not as stupid as he is.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, that would require me to watch more cartoons that I'm prepared to, uh, to watch. But, uh, it wouldn't surprise me in this day and age, dads are bumbling buffoons. You know, I could easily see that they are more gruff and mean.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry to bring back to the cartoon. <laughs> now i am yeah. talking about the cartoon. So the next cartoon will be finishing up, finishing up the Jordan and Kia arc with the Race to the Finish, also known as the one with Boba Fett. So we're going to get our return of the animated Boba Fett in the next one. And a pod race. I mean speeder race. I mean whatever. Uh I actually like this one. Um much at least in contrast to Trigon Unleashed. So
1: well, I look forward to it too. If it's uh this is a pretty low point, so that's all we can do is go up.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna oversell it, but in my opinion it is better. And this was this is my Attack of the Clones moment for the cartoons, where I just don't understand how they could have made something this bad.
1: I don't know. It was the '80s. <gasps> look at uh, look at the styles, and that can pretty much answer pretty much any question. Flack of Seagull's haircut and what Eddie Murphy wore <laughs> in, in Raw, and they'll just tell you <laughs> anything you need to know about the '80s.
0: Yeah, this is why nostalgia is the most toxic of all human emotions. makes people miss things that they don't actually remember. Well, that's the show. Thank you for listening. We're happy that anyone's listening, and we will continue to improve the more we do it. And we hope that you join us again next week.
2: Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yubnode as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at YubCast or drop us an email at Productions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. YubCast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. YubCast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da, da, da ba